0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hooray for Hollywood. Hooray for Hollywood. Hey, this is Brett Kersky. Welcome to another episode of On The List. This is episode 51. It's March 2019, coming to you from the Believe Podcast Network. My guest today is an old friend of mine who's a great guy and a talented actor, you know, from movies and TV shows, most recently as a star of Young and Hungry. Of course, I'm talking about Jonathan Sadowski. Yeah,
1: buddy. What's up? How are you, man? Good.
0: How are you? Welcome doing? to my humble abode. I know. We're in your home. You have like a studio out back. Yeah, perfect for a podcast. Yeah,
1: welcome, welcome. I feel so grown up. This like is exciting at your house. <laughs> I know, right? We're, like,
0: we're grown up. My, how far we've come. I know. Uh, we got to hang
1: out a few weekends ago. Yeah,
0: at Harriet's, we caught up. I was like, it's time to do the podcast. Yeah.
1: You got to meet the, my cast for my new film. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk
0: all about that. We're going to get to that.
1: Love it. Um, so
0: actually, there's a story I've wanted to tell on the podcast since I've started this. And you're finally here to do it. And that's a story of how Jonathan Stauski and I became friends. <laughs> and I'm going to tell that story in a second. But first, there's some breaking news about you. You just booked a new TV show. I
1: did. Yeah. I am stoked. I'm I'm, uh, I'm doing the new Fox pilot, uh, Patty's Auto. It sounds awesome. I it's great. Yeah, it's based on a true story. So yeah, there is this this all female run auto shop in Pennsylvania, and um, uh, they're doing a pilot for it for Fox. It's great. Elizabeth Banks is producing it. Right. Um, Darlene Hunt, who created the Big C, she's the the writer of the show. Right. And uh,
0: so Betsy Thomas is directing it. Betsy
1: Thomas is directing.
0: She's done a ton of television. Yeah, she's great. And it's about all female mechanics. Yes. Hattie's auto, but across the street is a place called Muffler Man run by... Run
1: by me, you. by Bill. Right. <laughs> and yeah, so I'm kind of the... Uh, my, basically, my character is... Um, my dad started this shop 50 years ago.
0: Okay. And he left and, it to you.
1: And he left it to me. And he passed away. And he left it to me. And uh, so Patty and her crew of... of uh, of females moving across the street and they start offering basically the same services that we do. So it's this competition. It's like, who do you think you are coming into my neighborhood? Right. But my character is like very crass, you know, very blue collar, very like, you know, East Coast, tough guy. Right. And, uh, you know, eventually we realize that we have more in common than of course. than at odds. And, so we, you know, we're kind of... Sparks fly. Yeah, you know.
0: No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> Spark plugs fly. <laughs> <laughs> <I don't laughs> um, and Patty is going to be played by an actress named Kara Patterson. Yeah. So...
1: I haven't met anybody. I, I haven't met any of them yet. Oh, see, uh, so see. Kara is, you know, she's uh, this New York actress. Uh, you know, you may have seen her in Straight of Compton. Oh right. Um, but yes, yeah, so I haven't seen her yet. And she, she like booked this whole thing from New York. Okay. So the entire testing process. I don't even know. I'm not even sure if like Darlene has met her in person yet. Oh wow. Because the whole thing was done via like interview, like Skype and and testing and stuff uh, online. So so your chemistry is to be determined. TBD,
0: man. But it's gonna be like a Sam and Diane Cheers thing, yeah. probably. Yeah. they are, won't they? So exactly. that'd be
1: cool. So that means pilot season has been a success. Pilot season was a success, man. Yeah, there was there was a few projects that I, I got really close to booking.
0: Yeah.
1: Um but you know when when the right one comes along, the right one comes along. it's so, awesome. And yeah. it's a multicam, by the way. It is a multicam, so which is like picking awesome. up right where I left off with exactly. young and hungry. And where, when do you guys film? Do you know yet? Uh, our taping is at Warner Brothers on April eleventh. Nice. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure uh, if tickets are up yet, but you guys can go online. I think audiences unlimited will probably have tickets for that
0: that'd be cool and then like a month later you find out if you
1: get yeah right in the upfronts dude man that'll be yeah. awesome well good luck with that thank you um, okay
0: so the story everyone's
1: been waiting for <laughs> Oh, years. this is this is such. Uh, i don't know is this like a is this a rated g podcast or can i swear you can say whatever you want okay, i mean great. this is this this is the story of a lifetime <laughs> how, how i became friends with jonathan sadowski it's all right fun. may i you start yeah okay well, so I'll tell, first i'll say the year was 2006 so it was 2006 and my, uh, my agent had called me up and she said that there was this role on Entourage uh, to play Brett Ratner's assistant. Right. So I Should went I and...
0: back it up first before the role was even available? Should I explain?
1: Oh, yeah, I'll sure. I'll
0: explain how the role even became available. Okay, sure. So Doug Ellen, the creator of Entourage. Spent a few days with me and Brett Ratner. I was Brett Ratner's assistant (laughs) in real life. So he came over to Brett's house. He kind of watched how Brett operated. Also, he could write an episode where Johnny Drama meets Brett Ratner at Brett Ratner's house. Yeah. And they were going to shoot it at the real house. So he needed time to, you know, get to know Brett and write this TV version of Brett. And along with the TV version of Brett comes a TV version of Brett Ratner's assistant. And so I was there the whole time they were hanging out. The three of us went to lunch at the Ivy on Robertson. And uh, then Doug wrote the episode. And then breakdowns go out to actors, which are basically like available roles.
1: <laughs> and one of those roles is Brett Ratner's assistant. Exactly. So anyone that age yeah. could audition. So uh, basically, I get to audition for, to play the role of Brett Ratner's assistant. Now, unbeknownst to me, Brett Gursky, <laughs> right, who, you didn't know yet. who I didn't know yet, who the role is based on, had to audition to play himself. Right. <laughs> Not only that,
0: I hired an acting coach to prepare the audition for him. I went to this woman's house and ran lines and she was like, you are Brett Ratner's assistant. You should be able to nail this. Went into the audition, sat in a room with... A bunch of guys my age, didn't tell them I was the real assistant, went in, auditioned. That tape exists somewhere. HBO's got this. <laughs> um, I just—I bet you can hunt that yeah, down if we you should, want. We it. have to find it. But, but I did what all actors do, and then you wait to hear. Yeah. And, and tell uh, them what happened when you when So
1: you uh, I wound up
0: getting the role. <laughs> right. So did they offer it to you and you turned it down? So
1: they, first they, they offered me the role, and I said no. Right. Meanwhile, I'm desperate to get it. <laughs>
0: and you're passing.
1: So they said no. I said no to them. And they like flipped out, and they're like, "Who the fuck does he think he is saying no to Entourage?" And they like, you know, they kind of gave my my agent the whole, you know, he'll never work again.
0: Like, well, why did you say no? What was it? Just was a small. It, part. it was a
1: really small role because there were two role. There were two assistants, right? And it was a what the one they wanted to book me for was it was like three lines. I'm just right. like, I don't need to do this at this point in my career, <laughs> right? So. And they weren't going to pay me anything, right? So I say no, and then they like erupt at my, my agent, and I my agent like, for free, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and then my agent was like, "Oh, you really? You're going to talk to me like this?" So she, little did they know, like she grew up with Doug Ellen, <laughs> oh. so she called Doug and was like, "Listen to how your casting is talking to me." Oh, interesting. And uh, so then they wound up giving me they they converted both of the assistant roles into one role, right? So and then they paid me more, great. And then I said yes.
0: That's how it works. So,
1: so they gave me... Uh, yeah, it was a bigger role. It was l- more money. And I said yes. So,
0: so before <laughs> you even shot it, we have a mutual friend, May Ling.
1: Yeah, Mei Melanson. Yeah.
0: Mei Melanson. And I worked with her on X-Men 3. And... You must have told her. Because you were
1: Brett's assistant. Right, exactly,
0: right, (laughs) who directed that movie, right. And so you must have told her, like, I'm playing Brett Ratner's assistant, who directed you in X-Men. And so when I saw her, she goes, oh, my friend got the role as Brett Ratner's assistant. And I go, who? (laughs) And she's like, Jonathan Sadowski. And I go, who the fuck is Jonathan Sadowski? (laughs) And I don't swear that much, but in that moment I was like, who is it? And she's like, he's my friend. She like Googled you, whatever, showed me. And that's when I found out I did not get the role.
1: Yeah, and it's it's kind of funny. Like, I <laughs> I played you on television. It's amazing. <laughs>
0: the only person who has so far. But yeah. well, we met the day the episode filmed. We were all up at Brett's house. Yeah. And you did the role justice, obviously. Thank you. And we've been friends ever since. Yeah. So it went from, like, who is this guy? To that was 13 years ago. 13 years ago. And something good came out of it. We were That's insane. Friends. I know. And it's interesting, too, wow. because we had mutual friends. It probably would have happened anyway, because... Nick Nantel was Bo Flynn's assistant when I was Brett Ratner's assistant. We did a movie together. So eventually it would have, it would
1: have. That's so funny. Yeah. Uh, Nick Nantel is like a really good friend of mine. He's like one of, he's a producing partner of mine. Right. And, uh, but yeah, that's that is a that is a story for the ages. It's, the best. it's probably the
0: best story of how to become friends with somebody. It's insane. Uh, it's my favorite for sure. I've been waiting to tell that. And then we would go on to find out we basically have the same birthday. Not only do we, yeah, it, we're November nineteen seventy nine. Yep, I'm the fourth. You're He's the, older than me. You're the twenty third. <laughs> I am the, yeah. Couple couple weeks older. Another thing we have in common. I was going to mention is we both post Instagrams about our
1: dogs a lot. <laughs> we're both like <laughs> you dog and Buddy,
0: people, me and Buddy, you and Moxie. Yeah. She's here today. Moxie
1: is here today. I wish and I could introduce you, but she would kill you. Oh, really? Oh, she doesn't like people. Oh, she doesn't like people. Oh. And I thought
0: she didn't like podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'm sure like if she voice. listened to podcasts, this would be way up there. But, <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so, of course, Entourage was just one of many roles you've played. You just finished your very successful five-year run on Young and Hungry. Yeah, man. And that, was
1: a, that was a dream. Yeah.
0: That was on ABC Family, uh, which became Freeform, and now it's on Netflix. And actually, my sister... Recently, told me some of her friends were like, "You have to watch this Netflix show, Young <laughs> and kidding. Hungry." People think it's a Netflix show, and so my sister was like, "Isn't that your friend Jonathan's show?" I was like, "Yeah, it was on ABC Family first. So yeah,
1: you know, it's, it's like, have you noticed like a new fan base starting? Yeah, uh, it's 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 weird because it's oddly very it's very frustrating because like this show started in like 2012, right, and now it's 2019, <laughs> right. And people are like, "Oh my God, Josh and Gabby, what's going on with it?" And I was like, "You guys are so late to the game. Yeah, you know, season behind. Yeah." And then it's kind of cool they're finding it. It it is, but here's the thing: it's like the show is over and done, and all these people are like, "We need a new answer. Like, we need an answer of how this show ends." And like, you know, like someone saved a show, and it's like, "Dude, we're all doing other things now. Like, like we haven't shot that show in two years." Right. And people are like, "Is there going to be another season?" And I'm like. Right. just google it right you well, know? it's kind of a compliment that they want it more. is a compliment but it'd be but, like but anyway, it'd be like someone just finding friends now and being like <laughs> right. are you guys gonna do another season right. it's
0: like but i guess the difference is you know when repeats used to be on it used it was so obvious it was a rerun it was like syndicated yeah five o'clock channel Tony, uh, that's Netflix a Netflix seems new you know? and that's
1: a whole other thing it's like with uh, residuals and stuff. i mean dude we don't the actors we don't see a dime it's like once it's on netflix it's just it's it it basically you know it takes the place of syndication right so you know it's like we shot 71 episodes of our show and now it's on netflix just people can download it as many as many times they want and the actors don't see a penny but producers get paid a lot right and you You know and the network and disney gets paid a lot yeah but yeah uh are you noticing though
0: through twitter and instagram like you're building a following of new
1: fans. Yeah, it's bittersweet because, look, it gives the show, you know, longevity. Right. Even though the show is done and we're on other things, like, the show kind of lives on, which is great. Right. And the show will always hold a very dear place in my heart, but in the same sense, it's like, you know, (laughs) I wish I was getting paid for those residuals. Exactly right. It's true. Because back
0: in the day, like, the cast of Friends... Oh, my God. Yeah, they were demanding a million an episode because of the reruns. Yeah. Because of syndication. Um, But the power of Netflix is real. I produced... uh, a documentary called American Meme, which premiered on Netflix in December. And what was cool was that it was, you know, it was available to everybody the same day in their homes. So, like, the day it came out, people were putting Instagram stories, like, from their bed watching it. Yeah. So, it's different than, like, you know, go to the theater to see yeah. it and pay money for a ticket or download it on iTunes. There is something cool that they've already paid for it, so access-wise. Yeah. But, yes, it would be nice if, if actors made more money. That's something you has got yeah, to it, fix. Yeah. And like I said, you know, like... But there's probably a limit on how long Netflix has it, and then it might be available for sale Well, I'm
1: not sure what's going on now, because I know, like, technically Disney owned our show. Right. But I think there's a big thing with, like, Disney pulling their shows from Netflix now. Well, they're starting their own
0: streaming. So, yeah. So that could work So
1: better. Young and Hungry might be pulled from... I don't know.
0: Yeah. So let's go back to getting the role on Young and Hungry. Yeah.
1: So it's 2014. 2014. And talk about that experience, getting a role on that. On it was great. I think we even... Sh- we may have shot the pilot in 2013. Oh, okay. And then yeah. you wait to find out. And then out. you wait. And then we started shooting the series in 2014. Um, Did you know right away that this could be a, a hit? I'll tell you exactly what happened, which is, okay. it's funny. Because, you know, I had, uh, I had just signed with a new agency. And uh, I went out for these two USA shows. Uh, one was called Sirens. Okay. Which got picked up. I screen tested for that. And then uh, my friend Mike Mosley actually got the role. It's between him and I. Nice. And he wound up doing the role. He's wonderful. He just booked another pilot, too. Uh, and then right after that, I tested for this other USA show called love is dead, which never, nothing ever happened with it. Huh. And then like the third audition I go on was this show called young and hungry. And, uh, you know, there's this whole thing about money with pilots and it's like, right. you know, certain shows, they don't have a lot of money in the budget and young and hungry was one of those shows, but I, I read the script. It was hysterical.
0: Yeah.
1: And, uh, I go in and I meet David Holden, the creator, Ashley Tisdale, Karen Lucas, right, all these people. produced it. Yeah, right. so I go in and I met with all of them. They bring me in for a work session with Emily because she was the first person Come cast. House, man. Yeah. yeah, and then uh, we do a screen test. And be- so before you do a screen test, you have to like sign this six year deal. Right, you know, right. You have I don't to know like, know that. yeah. Like TV... So you have to have, you have to negotiate your six year deal before you walk into the room for a screen test. Right. So it's all this back and forth. So you know exactly how much you're going to get paid every season right. exactly. And uh, they were, they were like, it was a lot less money than what I was, you know, used to being paid for right. a pilot. Especially for six years.
0: Yes. If it's a hint, it was like, if it's it odd. was like
1: half of what I usually got paid. Right. Literally. Right. And my team was like, do you want to do this? And I go, here's what's going to happen. I go, I'm going to book this show and it's going to be on the air for five years. <laughs> I swear to God, I was on the phone wow. with my attorney, my manager, and my, my agent. I was like, I'm going to book this and it's going to be on the air for five years. Wow. and. I screen tested and later that night I was with my manager. We had a show at Largo and uh my agent called me. It was late, it was like nine o'clock at night. We had gotten out of the show and my agent at the time called me and he said, uh, he's like, You booked it. I was like, sweet, you know. Was it just
0: a feeling you had? You just knew it? I just
1: knew because you know, ABC Family at the time, they were shooting three comedy pilots. Right. And they were picking up two of them for sure. Right. So I knew that, like, I knew it was a two out of three shot of getting yeah. picked up. Right. And also it's like when you audition for these network shows, it's it's a crapshoot. You know, it's like a network could be shoot like 12 pilots and they might pick up two of them. Right. You know, and it's literally just like throwing a dart blindly. Right. So the odds were in your favor. And my, the odds were in my favor. So oh. I agreed to do the test. I agreed to do this thing. And I just, you know, the script was too good not to get picked up.
0: Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And, and the cast,
1: as we said, Emily Osment. Emily Osment. Like the lead. Yeah. Um, also Kim Whitley. Kim Whitley. Mama so Bear. I love Kim. Yeah. I could
0: tell from all your posts. Oh. You guys
1: were super close. Yeah. Amy Carrero, I was out with the other night. She and I are still very tight with her husband. Yeah, sitcoms
0: uh, are like a little family. It is. That's what it looks Rex like. Rex Lee. Right, so Rex Lee. From Entourage. From Entourage. <laughs> Entourage. <laughs> it all comes <laughs> back to Brett. It all comes back to Entourage. Uh, no, but Rex Lee was Jeremy Piven's assistant on Entourage. Yeah. Was it we Lloyd? Ratner's assistant, yeah. Louis. Lloyd. So explain to people the premise of the
1: show in case they haven't seen it yet. So Young and Hungry, um, basically I played like this, you know... Gazillionaire tech mogul in San Francisco. Right. And I, uh, I was looking to hire a new personal chef. Right. It's fun to play a gazillionaire. It's, it's, it's amazing. Show up yeah. a helicopter and... <laughs> so I'm looking to hire a new personal chef. And uh, Emily Osman's character, Gabby, winds up getting this job. And it's, you know, she's kind of a hot mess. Right. You know, kind of the, the Lucille ball and I love Lucy. Yeah. Uh, just always mm-hmm. meddling and, and stuff like that. And uh, I was going to give her a test run. I was like, I'm proposing to my girlfriend. Why don't you make a dinner? Something that'll make her say yes. Right. Well, my girlfriend winds up breaking up with me before this proposal. And we have all this food. So Gabby and Josh kind of share this meal. They get drunk. One thing leads to the other. <laughs> yeah. They wake up in bed next to each other. Yeah. And now it's, uh, it's this whole awkward, she works for me, but we kind of have this thing. And it's a big Ross and Rachel will they won't they throughout yeah, the entire totally. show. Yeah. yeah, And what happens to your fiance? Uh, well, or, she winds up coming back to me. Right. Mallory Jensen. Right. Uh, she winds up coming back to me. And we wound up getting engaged. So now it's this little secret that we have that, you know... The private show. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's cool and it's fun. And yep. it's kind of mature. Like ABC Family... It was very mature. It was yeah. not for a young audience. Right. ABC yeah. Family... And there the... was an entire episode about cooking with weed. Oh, right. <laughs> okay. That's
0: right. But yeah. like in the beginning, I guess ABC Family was more geared toward kids. And then when they rebranded it as Freeform, you know...
1: Well, even before that, I mean, I mean you know, ABC Family was doing... Uh, they did Greek, which right. wasn't a very... Oh, that's right. They did, you know, Chasing Life, which is dealt with cancer. Right. They did See Your Life of the American Teenager. Whatever. Right,
0: pregnant.
1: Yeah, <laughs> they did Pretty Little Liars. Pretty Little Liars, yeah. They did, uh, uh, what was the other one, Chasing Life, and uh, The Fosters. Oh, yeah. So yeah, it, it's they of, were uh, always kind of pushing the envelope. Mature subject. Yeah, leader. yeah. So you guys got
0: to be a mature comedy, though. Those exactly. It was one
1: of the first ones. Yeah. yeah.
0: That was cool. Um, and
1: so, talk about did you love, you must have loved doing a multi-cam. Oh, it's great, man. You yeah. know, I studied theater. So,
0: yeah, you have it's, a live audience.
1: It's, we have a live audience, and it's just, it's fun. It's like theater without the consequences because, you know, you can like mess up, and the audience loves it when right. the actors mess up. Loopers. It's hysterical. Like, right. there was this one episode that started with me like, running and I had to jump over my couch and like land because I was excited to watch Game of Thrones mm-hmm. and I like run and jump over the couch and my foot there's like a lamp next to the couch and I shattered this giant like glass vase <laughs> or this lamp a- completely <laughs> accidentally like com- like exploded on set and it, like the audience is la- like everybody laughed for like 15 minutes right. you know and it was hysterical. You they can't. They should have kept it in. Well, they—they—it's they, funny because later on in the in the show, uh, Kim Whitley comes on. She's like, "What happened to the lamp that was here?" You right, know? Exactly <laughs> for continuity purposes. Yeah, it's <laughs> hysterical. How do we
0: find the identical lamp? Yeah, yeah and there's
1: not like you know it, it's. We're, think,
0: very,
1: we're very fortunate being able to go to work, and our as our our job is to make people laugh.
0: Totally, and they get to, you, you get the immediate reaction. Absolutely, you, you get the laugh. But I think I mean I think it's the best schedule in Hollywood multi camp sitcom. It was like, what's like the week, take people through the week?
1: <laughs> people are going to not like us for this. <laughs> it starts with a table read. Well, I'll tell you, it's like, so this is the schedule. Imagine getting paid a million dollars a week to do this. Right. So Mondays we have a table read. So we're there from 10 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. Right. <laughs> so quick we're there for like a read. half hour. Yeah. We leave. Now, that was also, you know, like starting season three, we would do that. Right. Season one and two, we would still rehearse after the table read. Right. But it's also they get the, the writers get to hear it for the first yeah. time being spoken by the actors. Then they go well, back. Well, it's the writers, it's the producers, it's the network execs, it's the right, right, studio execs. Yeah, But the writers get to go back and tweak things. Yes. If need to work. So we get a script on like Sunday, Monday, we, we go in for this table read, we read it out loud, we get to go home after that. Then Monday night, we get a revised script. Right. So then Tuesday, we come into work at like 9 a.m. So you spend Monday night learning the yeah, script. Yeah, you learn the revised script. So there's homework involved. Yes. <laughs> you go into work Tuesday for rehearsal at 9. You rehearse until about, uh, I don't know, 2.30, 3 o'clock. Right. And then the uh, producers come in. So Tuesday, you do a producer's run through. And they watch. And they watch. So you run, like literally, at, in one day, you have the whole show blocked. Right. So they come in. They watch you run through the whole show. Then the producers all get, they take notes. And then Tuesday night we get a new script. Right. So then Wednesday morning you go in there with a whole new script. Whole new script. Right. Sometimes it can change a lot. And then you rehearse until three o'clock again, nine a.m. to three, and then the network is there.
0: Right.
1: Uh, and you do a network run through. And then they get more notes. And then they come Wednesday night. We get what's called a shooting draft. So Which Wednesday, is hopefully, the one that ends up being shot. Well, because we, well, you pre-shoot on Thursday. Right. So, so I'm, Thursday you show up to work at like eight in the morning uh, and you pre-shoot. So anything that can't be shot like in front of the audience, whether it's an exterior shot, like if there's somewhere outside you have to shoot, or sometimes there's sets that are like not facing the audience, you shoot all that stuff beforehand.
0: Yeah. Saves time.
1: So Thursday you're there from, you know, eight in the morning till eight at night. Yeah. That's a long day. Yeah. And then Friday, uh, you come in and you just basically – it's a live it's a live show. So, yeah. you do what's called camera blocking. So, the camera's all set up before the audience gets – you get there at like noon yeah. and you run through all the stuff and the cameras – the camera operators kind of like map – there's a whole map of tape on the floor. So, they know exactly where the cameras have to be for every scene. Right. Uh, and then the live taping audience loading is at like 5, 530. So – you know, we, we do this camera blocking for a few hours, and then uh, we go into hair and makeup. Right, as and they load in. As the they load in the audience. There's an excitement that you can't explain. No, man. It's, it's great. It's so cool. Yeah.
0: Any anyone I've been to, and it's fun now to go because it's my friends are on it, but even as a kid, I used to go just as a TV fan, and there's like something in the air that you can't explain. Yeah, and, and, and we do
1: this and thing called, There's There's something called a speed read you do. So, once everybody's done with hair and makeup, you do a, what's called a speed read. The entire cast gathers, and we... You know, we just really speed through all the stuff, all the lines in our head. So, right. we just run through the entire show out loud, quickly, you know, just blah, 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 blah. So, everybody knows their lines. Memorized. Yeah. Memorized. And then uh, they do cast intros and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's you yeah. know, you're backstage and you hear the audience going crazy and it's, it's exciting, best. man. Yeah,
0: because it's full of fans who are so excited to be Yeah. Here it's great it's just it's so awesome and now you're about to do it again on a new show I can't wait yeah it's perfect I can't wait it's the best schedule it's the most exciting it's so much fun and the
1: the kicker is uh, is that we we get to in the sitcom world you shoot three weeks on one week off right so every fourth week is is a vacation that's right uh, and, you Which know, gives time; it gives the writers time to come up with new scripts to keep it current with uh, shooting. Right,
0: and then when you're done at tape night, you're done. Like done. it's On to the next episode. Yep. Then it goes to the edit room. What's so cool, obviously, in the title "multicam sitcom," there's three or four cameras on. Four, here. yeah, ABC and X. So, yeah, so it's like, you know, it's capturing so much that it. They just in the edit room. They just have to piece it together. So yeah, you don't have to do it that many. Well, classes. you
1: also have a, you have a, you also have an operator there who's like as the show is being shot. Yeah. So there's there's TVs and monitors above the audience. Right. So you can either watch it live or look up on the screen. Yeah. And as they're shooting it, there's someone in the sound booth, like literally clicking <laughs> buttons to change the cameras. Right. So it looks like it's like an actual sitcom yeah. while you're watching it. It's very cool to me. It's the best. I mean, the
0: first ones I ever went to it was 1991. We were out here on a oh family wow va- out here on a family vacation. I loved TV so much that what I was show like, was it? You'll love this. First one ever, Family Matters. Oh, amazing! At the height of Urkel's fame. So, and I, my, my parents and my sister sat in the back row. I sat in the only available seat in the front row next to the warm-up guy. Amazing. Just, like, edge of my seat. Couldn't believe it's happening in front of me. The guy has the script next to me. I'm, like, following along with the script. It was the best. I, I bet mean, that like,
1: was pretty, like, instrumental in you wanting to be a director. Oh, it was in huge. Me. Well, because I always
0: loved, you know, Cheers and all these shows growing up. The Reese Company, all these multi-camp shows. But to see it... I vividly remember that the mom on Family Matters was, you know, it was a breakfast scene. They're all coming down for breakfast. It was the episode where Laura and Steve Urkel are Romeo and Juliet in the school play. Yeah. And uh, the mom's making breakfast and she's pouring orange juice for everybody. She's passing out orange juice. And then they call cut and they take it from the top and they bring her a new pitcher of orange juice and new glasses because the glasses have to be completely clean. And even that, something about that was like, oh my God. Continuity. The attention to detail yeah. <laughs> like wait they start over from scratch each
1: time and it was life-changing for yeah. sure yeah ne- i mean i vividly 11 years old vividly it's, remember it yeah I, you know one of the things that i kind of i count my blessings for every day is like you know you mentioned cheers which I've, i i love cheers growing up and family yeah. matters right. and full house right. and friends or seinfeld it's like you know i was able to be a part of that like exactly it's like I was on a show for five years. Right. Which it's like I'm in the sitcom oeuvre. <laughs> exactly. You know?
0: You're on a hit sitcom. I was
1: in true. that in that oeuvre. Totally. I was in that like right. that legacy of cool shit. Right. There are people who feel about
0: Young and Hungry how you felt about Cheers. Exactly. And that's the coolest. 100%. Um, after Family Matters, we went to Blossom. Love it. My sister was a Joey Lawrence fan. And so it was season two. Blossom gets to second base with her boyfriend. Pivotal episode, <laughs> uh, and then the third one we saw, which you'll like. you will like, make me spit out my water. <laughs> <laughs> Who was the dad on
1: on Blossom? Ted
0: Watts. Ted Watts. Yes. Yeah. So he's Ted, a director.
1: He directed me. Uh, so before Young and Hungry, I was doing Shit My Dad Says with oh, William Shatner, right. right. and Ted directed a few episodes of, of Shit My Dad right. Says.
0: I went to it on a summer program with his son Julian. Which oh is no interesting kidding! Too yeah, it's a very small world. But So the third one was Golden Girls. My family, we're 11, I'm 11 years old, and we get to watch Betty White and Rue McClanahan and Bea Arthur and Estelle Getty right in front of us. That's amazing. That's episode of Golden Girls. I mean, again, you know, like this is classic TV. Yeah, dude. Happening right before That's like TGIF, the lineup, you oh know? Yeah, my God, it was, it was <laughs> unbelievable. But that actually is a perfect transition into Betty White has been on Young and
1: Hungry. Betty White has been on Young and Hungry multiple times. Multiple times. I mean, she's ah, dude, it's like the biggest get in television. Like, Betty White was on Young and Hungry, yeah. and it was her birthday. That's right. And she's a huge animal activist. And for her birthday one time, this, like, animal sanctuary brought all these, like, exotic animals in. And they literally brought in, like, the 70-pound lynx. Oh, wow. And, like, they bring in this, like, wild cat. And, like, I'm Not sitting... for the episode? Just, no. Just afterwards, probably... we had a big birthday party for Betty on the set, on the right. stage. And they come of bring in these other animals. Like, at one point, it, there's a video of me somewhere. It's like, me and Betty White, like, petting a porcupine.
0: Yeah. And the most jealous I've ever been of you is when you're posting, blowing out
1: birthday candles with Betty, Betty White.
0: White. yeah. On a sitcom
1: set. It was nuts. The best. It was nuts. And so, by the
0: way, today's Carl Reiner's birthday.
1: I know. He got...
0: Yes. He was on your show with Betty White. Dude, he is a total
1: pro, man.
0: It's the, like... I mean, those are legends. Those two are legends. He
1: was on the Dick Van Dyke show. I mean, he was on... Dude... Watching Carl that. Reiner. A funny story about him. So yeah. we were in we were shooting this scene um, where Carl had is, is like playing this, this character who hasn't seen Betty in so many years. And yeah. they always said that one day they would there was a <laughs> date and a time they would meet back in his hotel. Right. And sure enough, there's a knock on the door and, and Carl's character comes in. Um, but Carl had his lines and he he had his, his little set of sides. Uh, for those that know, sides are like just, uh, they're like a smaller version of the script you can right. keep in your pocket. Yeah. So he had his sides and he was outside when they're all highlighted and he's standing outside the door and he's like mouthing his lines outside all the way until they're like, roll camera. And they're rolling and he's seeing his lines and they're like, and and he put the sides in his pocket and they're like, action Carl. And he would come in and it's like he would deliver his lines and he would slay it. You know, and he created this joke. He walked in and he goes, he's like to, uh, to Betty, he's like, So I'm going to make this joke. He's like, I'm I'm bringing it. I have these flowers and I'm going to walk in and I'm going to say, "Here, I bought you some chocolates. (laughs) You know? Uh, Yeah. And it was just hysterical. And like the entire cast was like trying desperately not to laugh. They let him just improvise. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's crazy. And afterwards, one of our producers, Jason Wang, I walked up to him and I was like, Carl's like amazing. And Jason (laughs) just looks at me and goes, maybe in 60 years he'll be that good. (laughs) Which is true because he's literally 60 years older than me. So it's like, if, yeah. if I, in maybe in 60 years more, I'm doing what I'm doing, right. I might get to that level. Right. Wow. It was mind-blowing, man. It is is mind-blowing.
0: I know. We, like, grew up with these people. It's yeah, like, dude. They were already legends when we were kids. That's yeah. the thing. We were already watching that. I get
1: to work with William Shatner. Yeah, exactly. It's like I've gotten to work with some legends, dude.
0: It's pretty cool like you
1: said, like you're in the club now. Yeah, it is kind of
0: surreal. Like you have to stop and think about it.
1: Yeah, um, and it's crazy because actually, shit my dad says was William Shatner's first sitcom.
0: That's right. Yeah, yeah. he only done drama and Star Trek and all that. Well, I mean,
1: he did some comedy movies, but
0: yeah. Well, we will get to that show. But first, I was going to say more guest stars on Young and Hungry. You got to your friend Jesse McCartney. Jesse was God, awesome, and you guys had done movies together. And so, yeah, did
1: you have anything to do with that? Did you recommend him or no? It was cr- like you know we did Chernobyl Diaries together. Yeah, and. Uh, they were looking for this character uh, to play Cooper and they, they saw like all these actors. They were yeah. like, they couldn't find the right one. And then um, I remember David Holden, our creator had, had texted me and he's like, we found our Cooper. And I was like, who is it? And he's like, Jesse McCartney. And I was like, <laughs> yes! <laughs> so yes! I love Dude, that. he is a stellar, stellar actor, man. Comedy, drama, he's he's like really, really fucking good. Had he done multi-cam? Maybe not, right? Um, I want to
0: say he did did but he was on like summerland he was on more like cw type
1: drama yeah shows. or maybe i mean did he do an episode of hannah montana maybe he might have done an episode right. of hannah montana because i think emily may have known him before like oh right yeah that's where emily came yeah from. that's right but no Jess and jesse knocked out of the park dude yeah that's so, so
0: cool to get to play with your friends it was on great
1: TV. and jason blair who's jason a blair friend of ours
0: he's been on the podcast He played your brother, Uh, and I'll (laughs) tell you a funny story. Uh, The
1: role of Josh on Young and Hungry was between me and Jason Blair. Oh, really? Me and him were the two that were screen testing. Oh, so when they needed your brother, so they yeah. So I I got the role of Josh, and then they brought him back to play my brother. That's so cool. Yeah, I love that.
0: Oh, that's very cool.
1: Yes. So, since the
0: role of me came down to you and me, <laughs> I guess my chance is still it's out still there. out there. Yes. Okay. Here's something fun I want to talk about with Young and Hungry. You proposed to your fiance Melissa on the set of the show. Yeah. And it's the best proposal video I've ever seen. Uh, tell everyone
1: about it and how you pulled it off. Man, I'm getting like sweaty palms with <laughs> like just fucking reliving it's it. The in greatest my head. thing ever. So, I bought this ring for Melissa. Uh, and it was crazy cause like my, my, like my diamond broker was like showing up at lunch on set. He would like, oh, wow. he would like show up to set with like a suitcase, like handcuffed <laughs> to, his, right. to his hand right. at like at CBS Radford. And he would show up and we'd go in my dressing room and like Amy and Emily and, and like the cast would come in and we're all like looking at rings together oh, and so stuff. they were in on it. Oh yeah. Oh, every day. That. So I finally pick out the ring and, um, we had this whole thing planned where, uh, I, I flew in, uh, Melissa's parents. I flew in my parents. right? Uh, so they knew. Yeah. We got a little emotional because my dad recently passed away and I'm just like thinking about how that's he was right. there. Um, so I flew in my parents and, and uh, Melissa's parents and we had this whole thing figured out where I was like, it was going to be the first time that our parents had met. Oh, right. And that's why they were there. And then we, we wrote this fake scene in Young and Hungry. So it was me and Emily were sitting in Gabby's apartment and i said you know i know we've had this back and forth going on for a long time but right. if i'm going to be honest i've been in love with someone else right. and she's like since when and i said since october 2nd 2010 which is the night i met melissa oh yeah i just got show and i go and, and she's and go and she's actually here right now and the whole the cool thing is andy Cade, if our director had all the cameras positioned <laughs> right. to get her on camera and right. stuff so Melissa was like, "Ooh, there's a plot to us." And then she like <laughs> looks up and there's a camera on her, oh my and she's God. like, "What?" Did she recognize the date, or she was just yes, like, instantly. Like, like, like the minute instantly. I said that, she, her face dropped. Right. And then I go and she's here right now, and I got up and walked out of the set, and I took her by her hand and I brought her on stage in front of the whole live audience, and uh, proposed. proposed to her. Yeah,
0: it's the best. It that's, was, like, a, that's like the dream marriage
1: proposal on a sitcom set. It was pretty nuts.
0: I might have to steal it. It
1: day. was pretty nuts, it's and it was so funny nice. because like the like that day, I didn't. Like, because Melissa came to every taping, and, right. you know, so there's, like, you know, there's the seats, and there's also the floor. Right, she was hanging out. She was floor. always on the floor, yeah. always, you know? And I told, I had a big meeting with the entire cast and crew. <laughs> I was like, nobody fucking even look at her. Right. I was like, right. I was like, just walk away. Like, right. don't even tip at all. I was so nervous she was going to, like, be tipped off by right. it. And so you have not filmed multicam. Yeah. You have it I have not filmed, it filmed on, like, a sitcom. Other angles. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's online. People can look
0: Oh, online. yeah, yeah, it's on- it's just the best. So if you haven't seen Young and Hungry, all five seasons are on Netflix. You can catch up. And here's where it becomes more like inside the actor studio. I love it. With my guest, Jonathan Sadowski. We're going to take a trip down memory lane. We're going to go back to the beginning.
1: Oh, my God. Uh, am I going to
0: cry in the show? I don't know. <laughs> it depends on nostalgia. Uh, so tell people where you're from.
1: I am from the south side of Chicago. It's a little neighborhood called Bridgeport. Right. Um, where I actually uh, grew up in the, the building my grandmother grew up in. Oh, wow. So... You know, my building—that's
0: um, what my parents' life was like in Brooklyn. Yeah. So the be... first
1: floor, the first floor front, uh, my my mom's mom used to be a beautician, so oh. it was just we just called it the store because so like, that's it like that was a beauty store. That's like a sitcom. Yeah. Itself. So, and then it was just used as storage. And then first floor rear was my dad's brother and his wife and their family. Wow. Second floor rear was my mom's sister, her husband, their three kids. Second floor front was my mom's mom and mom's dad. Oh, my gosh. Third floor front was my mom's mom's sister. And then third floor rear was me and my family. The whole building. The whole building was all family, which is very common, like, for Italian families in Isn't Chicago. Like yeah. Both sides of the family in one building? Well, yeah. I mean, it was it was mainly my mom's side, you know. Yeah. Like, my dad's brother had moved in, but yeah. it was mainly my mom's side.
0: That's very cool. Yeah. That's nice.
1: So Nuts.
0: It must have been hard to leave Chicago. You had that whole family there. My whole
1: family's still there. Same yeah. building. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you miss Chicago at all? Horribly.
0: Yeah. They gotta be in
1: LA for yeah. what? Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, like I said, my, my dad passed away on February 7th. Man, it's weird saying that out loud. I know. A month ago. It's like, it's just so strange to say that out loud. Yeah. Um. Yeah. My dad died on February 7th and uh, I went back to Chicago and you just realize how deep your roots are. Mm. You know? Yeah. It's just, it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, you know, who this you really are. Yeah, Is man. there. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Out here is a
0: different version of yourself.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: I always tell people like, you know, you have to move here for film TV because LA kinda has this one track mind where like Chicago and New York do have film production and stuff, but it's not the only thing people talk about. No fact that no. there's so many other businesses.
1: Yeah. But LA, if you're out here, there's this one track mind of show business. That That's
0: it. Keeps you on track. I think. Yeah,
1: you have to be. You have to be. It's like immersing yourself in it. Yeah. So it's like pilots aren't really being cast in Chicago. They're right. being cast out here in New York. Right. And even more so, like out here. You yeah. know? Well, you can train in Chicago, New York. Sure. But then ultimately, you, you have to be. You're going to have to end up out here. Um, how old were you when you
0: started acting, or when you knew you wanted to be an actor?
1: Um, I was always on stage. I was always doing talent shows as a kid whether it was playing music or doing stupid like comedic sketches who my... the, who are you the youngest? yeah I'm Simmelian. the youngest of, youngest yeah. of three brothers I feel brothers.
0: like it's the youngest oh. similar thing I always like that too but me, and
1: my, me and my brothers we used to play this game called make me laugh oh yeah where we'd like we would all sit like if it was my turn I'd have to like do a sketch to make one of my brothers laugh whoever laughed and it was their turn to try and make the other two laugh oh, great, and we would, great training for sitcoms we literally <laughs> like that's what we played like I grew up poor man like we, we didn't like come from much it was like we didn't have a video camera or anything like that mm. and that's like what we did to pass the time. So it was always just like, it, it's been in my blood to like, you know, make people laugh. So, I, yeah. So do you remember your first experience where you were able to be on stage or was it a school play? I played uh in eighth grade, I was Charlie Brown in a Charlie Brown Christmas. Oh, that's good. Yeah. The lead. It was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the title role. I played the title role of Charlie Brown in a, in a Charlie Brown Christmas I love it. or a Merry Christmas, Charlie Brown or whatever it is. Um, And then uh, in high school, I played sports, you know, I I played football and baseball. I wrestled, I ran track and uh, I went to an all guys Catholic high school. So there was a theater program, but it wasn't, I was, I was like a jock, you know?
0: Interesting.
1: And, um, but I, I was a part of this, the fine arts club.
0: Okay.
1: And I remember the first major production I ever saw was Andrew Lloyd Webber's Family Opera. Okay. And it was at the Auditorium Theater in Chicago and... I remember seeing this show and just being like, wow, like, you can do this for a living? Right. Like, this is, like, incredible. Right. And I came home, and I remember telling my mom, I was like, I'm going to be an actor one day. And she's like, yeah, okay, you're going to be an actor.
0: Huh.
1: And uh, I wound up going to the University of Illinois uh, for in the finance program. It was, like, the number one finance program in America. And I got into the College of Commerce and Business Administration. And I fucking hated my life. Right. Like... I was like severely depressed. I was like failing out. I like refused to go to class. I was like, this is not what I want to do. Because I was bored. I was miserable. Yeah. I was miserable. Huh. And uh one of my men that guy Frankini, that poster on the wall, he was like one of my mentors. He's you know, he got me into like magic, and he was one of my music teachers. When did you get into
0: magic? Because you were a I was like nine. You are a huge magic fan. Yeah, I, mean, I grew up a magic fan too. But you are
1: like I'm a ma- magic nerd. You're a magician. Yeah,
0: <laughs> A magician in training. yeah, oh yeah. Dude, I have so many decks of
1: cards and shit in that cabinet. We went a
0: few months ago. We went to the Pantages Theater to see magic. Shows, yeah, yeah. And I was sitting next to you, and you would whisper in my ear how you, how to do the trick. <laughs> but I liked it. It was kind of like a director's commentary when you're watching a movie. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's how you do that trick.
1: Yeah. Most people would be like, don't tell me, but I was like, no, tell me. <laughs> So, but I I went, I was having a lunch with Frank one day and, you know, when I was, I was, you know, like literally failing out of fucking business Mm. and I was like, I don't want to go to class. I was like, I don't want to get up in the morning. I don't want to be doing this. I go, I just want to be a fucking actor. And, you know, when you hear like the average annual income of someone with an acting degree is like Mm, $15,000, you know, it's like. Kind of when I when I come from no money, it's like eh, you know I wanted to be an investment banker because I want like when you don't no have money. something, the one thing you want is the money. Yeah, but it's also you have to find something you love. Doing exactly, gets you out of bed in the morning. And he said to me, he's like Jonathan, he's like you're an artist. He's mm-hmm. like, do you want to be an artist behind a desk or do you want to be an artist on stage? Huh. And I said, I want to be an artist on stage. And I met with the head of the business program, and I was like, look, I just want to, I want to be an actor, and. Uh, I, I he allowed me to, to transfer to school, schools, so I transferred into the the, the theater school. Oh, that's nice. the fine arts program. My first audition ever was for the acting conservatory at University of Illinois. <laughs> I got in, and then uh, yeah, I wound up you know changing my focus from uh, acting to I got my degree in directing and playwriting. Oh, nice. Yeah, when did and, you graduate? You... Uh, 2000. The I graduated because I changed majors. Like I graduated in December of 2001. Oh wow! Early. And did you graduate early? I graduated one semester late. I was oh, supposed yeah. to graduate in December, in June of two thousand one, oh, okay. or May, but I graduated December. Got it. I did an internship the summer of two thousand one at uh, Linda Oakes Productions at oh, Paramount. Wow. Yeah. Uh, came back, finished my last semester. Um, I worked like construction and like doing handyman shit uh, yeah. in December to January in Chicago in the fucking winter, which was brutal. And uh, I saved money. I bought a one way plane ticket. The one-way ticket. I bought a one-way ticket. I moved out to Los Angeles, January twenty-fourth, two thousand two, with three hundred dollars, one duffel bag, and a one-way plane ticket. Oh my god! Yeah. Shows again. And I was. It was. I'm lucky to have friends. You know, I met one of my good friends, Gabriel Cohen, who is. Uh, he's he's he works at Management three hundred and sixty. He's Margaret Ra- Robbie's manager. Uh, yeah. And right. ironically enough, he's Emily Osment's manager too. Oh right. Yeah. But he was like an assistant at the time working at Paramount and he allowed me to stay as futon. Oh my gosh. So and nice. uh and yeah man, I was like there's no looking back.
0: Yeah. You you were a few months before me I graduated May 2002 and then I was out here a month later.
1: Yeah. Um and so now you're an assist your intern or you're an assistant at Linda or I well that was the summer but by the time I came back like that was done. I I moved when I that was the summer of 01 when I moved out here in 2002 I was just, you know, I was waiting tables right. and I didn't even have a car. So I would I and would, then there was no Uber back then? There was no Uber back then. So I would wake up in the morning, walk like four blocks to the bus station, take a bus to Campanile, where I worked as a host, bus it back to my house afterwards, bus it back, run to my house, change my clothes, and then run to the Beverly Center, where I worked at Armani Exchange at night. Wow. And then I would get off and walk back home, because there was no fucking bus that ran that way. Oh my gosh. The and then I wound up quitting Armani Exchange. I was like, I'm not doing this. I was like, if one thing I learned, I was like, if you're not happy, I was like, I'm fucking out. Right. So I quit Armani. I wound up. Uh, Quitting camp in Elay because I had to really focus on getting my SAG card, and you know, so I started doing extra work like background work. Yeah. Um, I got my SAG card doing background work, and then I started waiting tables in the morning at this place called the Griddle. Oh yeah. Uh, and then uh, I was bartending at night at these two different places. Called one was called Three Clubs. Right. And then another was called the Golden Gopher. You do your birthday. It's really yeah. Exactly. a lot. Exactly. It's full, They're still family it's friends. Full, yeah.
0: Yeah. And the Griddle, for people who don't know. It's it's the, got it's gotta be a tough place to work because the lines are down the block.
1: From, it was nonstop pancakes. from like seven in the morning until four in the afternoon. <laughs> right. Just you, like one up, one down, like right. hectic.
0: <laughs> yeah, if you drive down sunset, you see a line
1: all day. It was hectic outside the griddle. It's basically it's like a club in the morning. <laughs> right, you know? right. It's for, like for pancakes yeah. instead of alcohol. Um, and then like somewhere and somewhere along the line, I was like also uh I, I was like driving models around at one point. Wow. Like Ross Golan, who's my best friend and who's like killing the game right oh, now. Oh, yeah. It's so, me and Ross, me and Ross, uh, his sister worked at like Elite or was it Ford? Elite? I don't know. It was one of the modeling agencies. But uh, we got jobs driving models around. So, like when 13 year old models got flown into town for runway shows. Right. Like, they didn't, like, there was no Uber. Right. So we were the drivers that we would drive them to and from their gigs and shit like that. Wow. Oh my God, was it awful.
0: The humble beginnings. It
1: was horrible, man. So you have your SAG card from all the extra work. Yeah. And now you can book acting jobs. And now I can book acting jobs. Because but, that was my point. Like, I would go out for these guest star roles and they'd be like, oh, it's a producer session. Is he SAG? And would be like, no. And they couldn't even bring me back. Right. You now know, you had representation at
0: the time. How you, yeah. How'd that happen?
1: Um, I got my manager. I went to a party. One of my buddies was a model and he moved out. Uh, we went to college together and he moved out here and um we went to a party for one of his agencies and uh this lady uh saw me and she's like oh you got a good look like are you an actor i was like yeah she's like she gave me her card and i went in the next day and auditioned for her and her company signed me
0: amazing
1: and then yeah and then she got me an agent like set me up with interviews for agencies and uh and I just, I, you know, kept on getting better agencies and then I've, you know, I was getting all these callbacks and I was booking my guest stars and I was on American dreams. I booked a recurring on that. That's right. And then, you know, I started screen testing for pilots and.
0: But what was the first thing you booked that was like.
1: The first thing I ever booked, yeah. I did a, a guest star. It was a co-star role on uh, NCIS. NCIS. Yeah. Susan Bluestein. She, she yeah. cast me in NCIS. Well, what was the role? To remember? Uh, I played Lieutenant Norski. Who was a urinalysis coordinator (laughs) on an aircraft carrier where uh, all these people were like testing positive for meth and shit like that. But I was like responsible for like finagling their urine samples and stuff like that. And I was a bad guy. That
0: must have been a great feeling to book an episode of a show. All of a
1: sudden you're like, wait, I can really do this. Uh, Yeah, it was nuts.
0: That had to be like the validation you needed.
1: It was. And like once you book one role, you kind of get your confidence up. Right. And then you know, I booked that, and I booked another guest star on this thing called The Division, right? Which was with uh, John Hamm. Actually, oh, I worked right. with John Hamm.
0: That's right. <laughs> yeah, pre Mad Men.
1: Yeah. And
0: then you also did an episode of a show called LAX.
1: I did LAX. I did a guest star on LAX. So now you start racking up. I was actually doing LAX and American Dreams at the same time cuz right. I was recurring on American Dreams and I booked oh, recurring. LAX. So
0: American Dreams was your first recurring. No, no,
1: American Oh, American Dreams was. Yes. First and then LAX was a guest star. And it was funny cuz at this point I'm still bartending. So like right. my manager and agent would come to the cuz American Dreams was on like Sunday nights. So I was bartending Sundays my manager and agent would come to the bar and we'd like watch my episode <laughs> oh, my at the bar. It's So trippy. Yeah.
0: American Dreams was a hit NBC show. Yeah. Starring our friend Brittany, Brittany Snow. Snow. Still, That's how I met her. Yeah. She's still crushing it yeah uh, you did five episodes of that you put a character named Jefferson. It's cool because you get when you're recurring you get to play the same character more than once. So you kind of get
1: to like sink your teeth in a little yeah, bit Yeah,
0: develop it and yeah and so from there you start booking pilots.
1: So then I booked a, the I remember the, the way the reason I was able to stop bartending is because I booked a fox pilot called Pool Guys okay which was uh it was so, myself, Jake Sandvig okay We're the two leads and then um, Rochelle Lefebvre, who's oh, Doing yeah. Proven Innocent, that's right. Kristen Ritter, wow, uh, and Sophie Monk, oh, like, yeah, th- we, were the, we were the five, like, that was the whole show.
0: We just talked about Kristen Ritter two episodes oh, ago. Oh, she's wonderful, we she's having did, a baby, but we, yeah, we talked about her with Jamie Ray Newman because she presented Jamie Ray Newman with her Oscar. Oh, amazing, and they're like old friends. She was like, We've been friends for 20 years, and now you're handing me an Oscar. It's, it's amazing. amazing, it's amazing,
1: yeah. Kristen's
0: lovely, yeah. I love
1: her, and the same with Michelle, like, Jessica we still talk, Jones from Netflix, yeah. Awesome. So, I booked this, this Fox pilot called Pool Guys who uh, actually it was like Jenny Connor, who was one. Oh, wow. She was like the showrunner for oh Girls. <laughs> yeah. You know, she was, it's like her and Allie Rushfield created the show. And uh, I booked that. And then like, it was all within like a week or two. I booked that. I booked my role in She's the Man. Oh, yeah. And I sold the screenplay that I wrote.
0: Amazing. And I so was now like, you're in the group. I'm done
1: bartending. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: really? Yeah, quit? that's when I quit. So you bartended for what was that?
1: Two or three years? Yeah. Yeah. Or and even then more. Yeah, and then I... Well, yeah, because She's the Man came out in, like, 2006. Yeah. So, this is, like, 2005 when all this stuff happened. Right. And in So, it was, like, three years, and then
0: I was, I was like, I'm done. 2006, you also did a pilot called My Ex Life, created by a mutual friend of ours, Rich Appel. Yes. A showrunner, a family
1: guy. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was with uh, Tom Cavanaugh and Cynthia Watrous, and Kelsey Grammer directed it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yes. but So, these pilots did not get picked up. These pilots didn't... Dude, but, by the time shit my dad says got picked up, yeah. I think that was like my ninth pilot and first one to go to series. Wow. Yeah. See, yeah, but. It, and it's funny because they're like, they're like newcomer. Jonathan Sadowski's like, right. I've been doing pilots for the last right. nine years. You guys just haven't seen
0: that. <laughs> exactly. But, um, so you did your first movie, also in 2006, which you mentioned. She's, She's the, the man. man. Yeah. That was a big movie. Direct- it was a good one. It's directed, still a cult classic. I know. Directed by Andy Fickman. Let's talk about that cast. Amanda Bynes. Yeah. At her height. Uh, Channing Tatum who was a newcomer at the time that, yeah he. I think he had <laughs> just
1: done Coach Carter but that was yeah, it that was and like, like a Mountain Dew
0: commercial really? yeah uh, Robert Hoffman Jessica Lucas David Cross Julie Haggerty Vinny Jones who I worked with yeah. in X-Men 3 with May Lang um, James Snyder
1: who is now Harry Potter on Broadway
0: oh right yeah um, so what was that movie like, like your first dude that movie? was awesome
1: it was a crazy experience we were, we shot that up in Vancouver I was in Vancouver for like three months uh, we were staying in this, this hotel called the Sutton Place oh yeah And uh, it's nuts because like every time any any movie that shoots in Vancouver, everybody says the Sutton Place. Oh yeah. And we were up there, and at the same time, John Tucker Must Die was being shot. Wait, you know what? Ariel Kebble mentioned this. That's how I met her.
0: When she was on the podcast, she said she was in Vancouver with you. That's how we met. So yeah,
1: and John Tucker was like Jesse Metcalf, Brittany Snow, (laughs) Ariel Kebble. That's how we all met. So fun. It's like going away to camp. Sophia Bush, yeah.
0: That's right. You're all in Vancouver together, and we're
1: all in the same hotel. So it's like every night. You know, on the weekends, it was like our cast and their cast. We'd all go out together and stuff. Yeah. Did you know that Channing Tatum was going to become this big movie star? Could you tell? <laughs> Dude, he was awesome. I mean, yeah, there was always something about Channing, you know? Yeah,
0: he just had the X factor.
1: Yeah, he's great. Um, and you played a character who was actually gay in
0: yeah. the movie. Yeah. So back in 2006, like, were there any hesitations on, on doing that or you're like, I'm an
1: actor, I can play? No, I, that was like the last one I did because I I just done like back-to-back gay characters because I just did LAX where I played a gay character okay. and then I did She's the Man where I played a gay character. Right. I was like, I'm good with the gay characters right, right now. Right. Nothing against them. I, like, it was, a, it, it was incredible to like sink my teeth in there yeah. but it's also, you don't want to get pigeonholed. It's like, it's yeah. like if you played a doctor every time, <laughs> right. you know. It's yeah, like right. I don't want to play a doctor every time. And you like,
0: dyed your hair, right? You had like frosted. I had blonde t-tops. hair, and she's the <laughs> man.
1: Do you know what's funny? Is like I made a post this past week. Uh, "She's the Man" came out 13 years ago. Like a few days ago, it was like the 13th anniversary of "She's the Man." Unbelievable.
0: That's and that's when I met you. Yeah. 13 years ago, I think it was right after you did that movie. Entourage was after. Maybe that. I think th- I think so. Yep. Something like that. So your next movie was a big one, 2007. Yeah, that was "Live Free or Die Hard." <laughs> Yeah, Like, the same way you said you're in the kind of legacy of sitcoms, you're also in a die-hard Die Hard movie. <laughs> There's only been five of them. Uh, this was the fourth, directed by a very good friend of mine, Len Weissman. I reunited you guys a few years yeah, ago. My a, a, a yeah, my birthday party. <laughs> I surprised you. It's amazing. I brought Len Weissman. Um, the nicest guy ever. Yeah, I mean, dude. Just, From Underworld fame. Oh, uh, you know? yeah. He directed the first two Underworld movies. He directed the Total Recall remake with Colin Farrell. Yeah. And he directed Live Free or Die Hard. Yeah. With Bruce Willis. Jonathan
1: Sadowski. It's insane. What was that like to get that movie? Well, it was weird. I didn't think I was going to, I have no idea. So I auditioned for Justin Long's role. Oh, okay. Then they cast Justin Long. Right. And then I auditioned, auditioned for my role and they cast someone else. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah, what? Uh, Jimmy Simpson. They cast Jimmy Simpson. Oh, interesting. Who's on Westworld. Yeah. And they shot like one day with Jimmy and he like left to do the Farnsworth invention on Broadway, hmm. which was Aaron Sorkin's play. Okay. So we stopped doing the movie to do this play. Are you allowed to do that? Not really. <laughs> Once you started, not playing. really. So they called Jimmy's agent and they're like, "Fuck you! Like this is Riley, me and Jimmy had the same agent, so they're like, "We're done working with you." And then the next person in line for the role was me, and they had to call him back and offer me the role. Oh, <laughs> by the way, <laughs> by the way, and that's how I got it. Yeah, it was
0: a recast. So that cast, Bruce Willis is John McClane. Yeah, I mean, it's legendary. Timothy Oliphant. Justin yeah. Long, Maggie, Maggie Q. Q uh, you
1: played Trey. Explain your role in that. There's like so I was. Uh, it was basically me and Bruce Willis versus Timothy Oliphant, or me and Timothy Oliphant versus Bruce Willis and Justin Long. Right. I was like the bad hacker who was like shutting down the government systematically, and and Justin Long was the good hacker and was kind of a uh, yeah.
0: That's so cool.
1: That was great. Were you Absolutely. a Die
0: Hard fan as a kid?
1: Absolutely, man. How
0: cool is that? Yeah, it was great. They're trying to do Die Hard Six.
1: I ain't heard. Hopefully, that will yeah. be
0: Lin's next movie. So, 2007 comes along. Your entourage episode airs as Brett Ratner's assistant. Obviously, it's a huge hit. Uh, 2007, you also do House with Hugh Laurie. You play Doctor Mason. What was that like? Now you get to like that show was seen. That was a many, crazy one. I remember people. like
1: they they like my manager sends me an audition for a House, and I like. <clears throat> I go into the audition and I like walk out and I was like leaving to like my manager calls me. she's like turn around go back like you booked it like you're oh, doing wow. a table you're doing a table read right now I was like okay so I like amazing like, yeah like drive right back to the studio that show was getting tons of
0: viewers every week so that's, yeah.
1: that's good exposure when Eddie Gathegi was on the podcast that's we met we met doing that oh you were doing it so together we did the same so I met Eddie because we were both doctors On in that when he was like Doing his whole, like, weeding out process. So right. I met Eddie. That's where I met Olivia Wilde. Oh, you were all contenders. All of us were contenders. Cal Penn. Yeah. That's so where I met all of them. For
0: people who don't know, they were revamping the show, and they brought on all these new doctors and kind of yeah. figuring out who were going to be regulars moving exactly. forward. Exactly. Yep. So Eddie said, though, that was the first time he started really getting recognized because House was in so many people's homes. Oh, yeah. It was being huge. watched by so many people that people would come over and be like, were you on House? That was, last like last the, it was the
1: height of House. Yeah, yeah. It was. Yeah.
0: So did you notice people recognizing you from that? Just because it was seen by so many people. Yeah,
1: I mean, she's the man was still like the big one.
0: Yeah, yeah, especially that demographic. Exactly. And then in 2007, you also did Chuck, which was bang on NBC. I get recognized
1: for that one a lot. Yeah, Zach
0: Levi, who's Who's a dear friend of mine. Yeah,
1: I met Melissa at Zach Levi's birthday party. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: Also, Zach gets some credit for that. Yeah, gets a lot of credit for that.
1: I met her there. And then, because I knew him from, but I even knew him before Chuck, because we, like, we had the same publicist. Oh, okay. Yeah. And now he's Shazam. I
0: know. Shazam's going to be big. Yeah, it Isn't it cool? Kind of just watching people go from It's like nuts, man. Starting out. I mean, because we've been out here the exact same amount of time. Yeah. And so that amount of time- you know, Yeah. It's just like you can watching home.
1: everybody succeed and- It's awesome. Yeah.
0: And there's room for everybody. That's what you learn, too. Absolutely. It's, it's competitive, but there's room for everyone. You, you make your own niche. Totally. Um, 2008, another recurring role on another hit show, Terminator, Sarah Connor Chronicles. Uh, in a way, it's like Die Hard, because you got to be part of the Terminator legacy. Yeah, I've got to be a part of some cool legacies, yeah, too. that's so cool. Yeah. Were you a Terminator fan?
1: Uh, T2? Yeah, dude, I remember seeing Terminator 2 in, in theaters. Wasn't it the coolest? It was the best. Because we had never seen effects like that <laughs> It was insane.
0: It was so cool. I still remember watching that for the first time.
1: Um, did you like being part of that show? Absolutely, dude. Yeah. Some of it, like, you know, we were doing the whole... Like, the butt-naked Terminator pose, like, when you 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 get teleported and, you know. Uh, yeah, it was, like, cool. cool. It's, like, we, get, we got to do that shit, you yeah. know.
0: What's cool about all these reboots and remakes now and TV shows based on movies is exactly that. Like, you get to be part of something you might have loved as a kid. You get to be part of it yeah. now. That's cool. It's it was gotta, dope. It's got to be surreal, too.
1: Yeah. You're like, wait, I'm on
0: Terminator? <laughs> this is pretty
1: cool. Yeah, we got to work. I got to work with Lena Headey. And, that's right. Uh, yeah, it, dude, it was dope it was dope Brian Austin Green we, we oh, yeah course. we Better
0: got from... we yeah love that uh, so then in 2009 you did another movie called Spring Breakdown yes it's just like a hilarious cast fucking love those ladies so dude. it's Amy Poehler and Rachel Dratch
1: and from- Parker Posey
0: and Parker Posey and
1: Jane Lynch and, Jane and Lynch, Amber
0: Tamblyn Seth <laughs> Meyers yeah Missy Pyle Nick Thune Mae Whitman Justin Hartley, Justin Hartley, from who, this is us now, now. This is us. Kristen Cavallari, yeah, good friend of mine. She's gonna do the podcast too. Jana
1: Kramer, that's who's right, country music star now. Yeah, and Sophie Monk again, randomly. Monkey again. <laughs> um, so Amy Poehler and Rachel
0: Dratch from SNL.
1: Wasn't it like Rachel Dratch's idea of the movie? Uh, her and Ryan Shiraki. Yeah, Ryan Shiraki wrote and directed it, but I think Rachel, I may have written it with him as yeah. well. But yeah. that must have been fun. So many comedians. That just yeah, must dude, have it was awesome. Blast. It was hysterical. And it's about older women. Older women going a spring break. With again. younger people, yeah. right. Yeah. Um, it was funny. That's a funny movie, you guys. Like, if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend. Yeah. yeah. I feel like that's one people find on, like, you know. Yeah. Like, just, yeah. Um, 2009,
0: you also did a movie, Friday the 13th.
1: Another, yeah, another
0: franchise another, that was like. Another franchise from our childhood. But also, all-star cast of Friends.
1: Dude, I, this
0: was like. That was unbelievable.
1: So, let me explain this story. So, uh. I was only able to do Friday the Thirteenth if I booked this certain pilot, because if I didn't book this pilot, I couldn't afford to go and do a film that was like it wasn't paying a lot of money. So I couldn't afford to like take away from pilot season to go do this film. Right. So the only way I was able to do the films if I booked this pilot, which was the best pilot ever, called uh, Courtroom K. Okay. Which was myself, Michael Landis, uh, Alfred Molina, directed by the Russo brothers. Paul Atanasio (laughs) wrote the pilot. It was like the most amazing show ever. So I wind up booking the pilot. I call Lisa Fields and Johnny Barbara, God rest his soul. Uh, I called them and they were like, because they were like waiting. I was like one of the final pieces. They're like, can you do this? Did you book it? Did you book it? I was like, I booked it. They're like, ah! So I booked this pilot, leave to do like Friday the 13th, come back, shoot the pilot. It was, yeah. Oh, so you got to do both. I got to do both. Oh, that's great. Yeah, you didn't have to choose. No, I got to do both, and it, that was like you know that's amazing. So it was me, Ben Feldman, Aaron, you, Julia Gill, Juliana Gill, uh, again, Willa Ford, who I think is probably in my house right now with Melissa. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I think so.
0: Well, what's crazy about this movie? So Ben Feldman's been a guest on the podcast. We talked about this movie. I've never see, like known of a movie being filmed with so many people I was friends with. Oh I my couldn't god! It was
1: the coolest thing. It ever. was literally our group of friends from LA. <laughs> They were like, hey, you guys want to do Friday the 13th
0: together? Right. We're like, yes. So everyone auditioned separately and it just fell into yeah, place. Yeah, it like all that.
1: fell into place. So the cast,
0: Jonathan Sadowski, you know how I became friends with him. Ben Feldman, old friend of mine. Aaron Yu, who I went to high school with, East Brunswick <laughs> High School in New Jersey. Jared Padalecki, who I had worked on Cry Wolf with. Jeff Wallows with yep. Julianna Glow, who I had directed in my short film, Closing Time. Who, by the way, started out at The Griddle. Yeah. Where she met her now husband, Ben. ben. The Griddle is just a wonderful <laughs> place. Daniel Panabaker. Who we're still friends with. Travis Van Winkle, who we're friends
1: with. Arlen Escarpata, who I did American Dreams with. Oh my god, right. <laughs>
0: And uh, and also in the movie Amanda Ruggedti, who I would go on to meet through you. I love Amanda. Yeah, we've still been to some dear- concerts yeah. together at Greek theater and uh, she comes to your birthday parties and stuff. Nick Manel, who I met
1: through you. Best friends with Eddie Gathagi, who's best friends <laughs> with me,
0: right? And then Ryan Hansen, who I would we did a day on Hello Ladies together, and I was just in Fiji with him. He's doing Fantasy Island. And so. And
1: he's, he just booked a new Fox pilot. He booked a pilot. Adam and Eve, yeah. Incredible. And Ryan Hansen solves crimes on television. Right, directed by Jeff Wadlow, who is who, my Best friends counselor. with Bo Bauman. Oh who is a dear God. friend of mine and Melissa's? That's right. Because his wife and Melissa are like BFFs. That's right. Crazy oh God, that's small right. LA.
0: And Beau produced Cry Wolf, yes. which is the movie I did with Jared Pellecki, which was directed yep. by Jeff Wadlow. And Jeff
1: Wadlow, who directed Ross Golan's first music video. That's right. Who is my best friend. <laughs> Ross, it's crazy, man. Yeah,
0: Jeff was my camp counselor. There's a whole podcast episode with him about that.
1: Uh, just such a cool cast. I mean, that had to be. So it was much awesome. Fun. In I mean, Austin.
0: We shot that in Austin, Texas. Sure. And it was just like. You're all in Austin together. Yeah, and the movie came out on the actual Friday, February thirteenth,
1: and at that point we broke the record for largest horror opening.
0: That's you right. had the party for us. I was just going to say. So it came out Friday, February thirteenth, two thousand nine. I threw the release party at Coco Deville on La Cienega. and I remember the box office numbers because it was Friday night. It was kept on rolling. They started to come in. You guys are getting emails and texts from the producers, and while we're at the party. You guys, we find out find we out, broke the record for like the biggest horror opening. million $40 million opening. Yeah, for a Big, small, For an R rated, too. It was the biggest R rated right. horror opening. And I vividly remember Aaron you runs outside. And just yells to anyone who listened on Last Santa guy. We have the number one movie. Amazing. <laughs> like, yeah, oh like, it was, yeah, it was pretty like, wild. Again, it's another one of those like magical moments. Like, oh my god, this group of kids who all moved out to LA to make it and hustling and side jobs and all this are now on a Friday the Thirteenth. It was. It was wild. And it's the number one movie. Forty million is a lot for. Yeah, man. It was, it was, it was great. Unbelievable. 2009, you did another movie. I got to go to this premiere called "The Goods" with Jeremy. Henry yeah, from dude. Entourage.
1: Um, that was Jeremy also, Henry, Will Ferrell, Adam McKay.
0: I know that's another. Yeah. Incredible cast that you got to be a part of. It
1: was. It was. It was stellar. Wait. Catherine Hahn. Oh yeah, I was. Ving
0: Rhames. David. Ed Helms. Um, <laughs> yeah. James Brolin. Uh, Tony Hale. Matt Walsh. Ken Tony Joe, Hale. I'm Rob love, yeah. Riggle. Alan Thicke. Wendy
1: Malick. Craig Robinson. Amazing. You played a character named Blake. Yeah. Um, I played Pivens. So the kid who he thought I was his son, but I wasn't really his that's son. Right, that's but he, right. yeah, he tried to he tried to make up for not being around. His yeah. Dad. Did you learn a lot on that set from those? Oh, did, like the improvisation those of those guys, up. like improving with Will Ferrell and Piven was just like they're on another level, man. Oh yeah, Will Ferrell is. Just... They're they're on another level, <laughs> on another level.
0: Incredible. Yeah. That's great. It's like an education and a job at the same. Yeah. Time. Insane. So now 2010, 2011 come. You do what you mentioned. Shit, my dad says this was like the first TV show based on a Twitter account. It was.
1: And it was also the first TV show of mine that went to series. Finally. Yeah.
0: yeah. So you were the star with William Shatner. It's a two-hander. You had a party at your house. I remember at your old place. Yeah, for the premiere. Everybody was there. I I think that's where I met Ariel Kebble. Like, we were just all hanging out, watching.
1: That was a big one for me, man. Well,
0: it felt like, to me, I was like, this is Jonathan Sadowski's moment. CBS, Monday night. Yeah, dude, it was insane. I think we premiered at like like,
1: 13 million viewers. Yeah, it was. Yeah. You could feel it. That was like the shift. It was pretty. It was pretty amazing. And that show was like, it's nuts. I remember CBS canceled us, and we have like, we had like ten million viewers an episode, and they canceled us. Why did that? I don't know, but it was like, it was, honestly, it was one season. We did eighteen episodes. That's it. For some reason, it felt ten, like, it was like longer. if a show got ten million viewers an episode, now <laughs> oh, yeah. they'd be like the biggest show on a yeah, the network. They
0: wouldn't let you leave. No. I wonder why.
1: Like, yeah, like comedies now. If you, you know, if you're like, you know, you if you get. You know, four million, five million—that's like a a great show. Yeah, we're getting ten million an episode. But it was a great experience, right? It was wonderful. Yeah, I actually saw Bill the other night. Uh, I call him Bill. Bill, (laughs) of course. Uh, I saw him. I was at dinner uh, at uh, this Italian spot down the street, and uh, and he just happened to be there. He happened to be there with his wife, yeah, Elizabeth, and your old TV dad. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's interesting. My one of my cousins is a huge Star Trek fan. He loved that show. Um, There, William Shatner is like a cult hero to yeah, those people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's cool. You got to be part of that. Uh, 2012, after that, you did a movie called Chernobyl Diaries. Yeah, the awesome.
1: Oren Pelly who created Paranormal Activity. Right. Directed uh, by Brad Parker. It was you and Jesse McCartney. Uh, what was that experience like? Dude, that was a trip, man. Those That was long. We shot that entire movie in 21 days. We were in Serbia, and we were in Hungary, and it was like, we were doing six-day weeks, like 18 hours a day that was a that was a rough one. It was really yeah. cool because everything we shot was in like an actual location, like abandoned military bases. It and, scary. I mean, when yeah. you're watching
0: that movie, you're like, where are they? It it looks, was, we it were looks, in like
1: actual locations. It looks very authentic. Yeah, we were in like, like some of the buildings, I'm, I'm like 99% sure we condemned and we weren't supposed to be in there. Crazy. But yeah, it was awesome. After that, 2014, you did a movie called All Relative. It's
0: a romantic comedy. You, Sarah Paxton. Sarah Paxton, from from Connie Nielsen. Nielsen. Connie Nielsen. Yeah. And that was like a mother-in-law kind of, Thing. Did you like doing a romantic comedy? It was great, man.
1: It yeah. was, it was, again, that was a small film. It was like a small indie, but uh, it, yeah, watch it. It's like you know, our, J C. Corey, the writer director, was just like blew it, like blew it up. Like it was awesome.
0: Yeah, and you you, know? got,
1: you got to take your sitcom skills and use them in a movie. Yeah, that's kind of. It was kind of. It was heartfelt. Like I said, it was it's romantic comedy about you know I start seeing this young girl and. uh she breaks up with me, and I have an affair with this older lady, and she's like giving me advice on how to get the young girl back. Oh, nice! And then I go home to meet the young girl's mom, and it's the old lady. That's very, I love that. I love he's <laughs> it's
0: like, hysterical, dude. That's so funny. Yeah, I love that. And during this time, you're doing Young and Hungry.
1: Uh, no, not yet. Oh, not yet. I hadn't booked Young and Hungry yet. Oh, okay. So it came. I, I had gotten done with that film. I came back, and then I booked Young and Hungry. Oh,
0: perfect. Yeah. So
1: you spend the next five seasons on Young and Hungry. That has a very successful run.
0: Now that brings us to 2018. Last year, Lethal Weapon.
1: Another franchise, Another right?
0: Another franchise that we grew up with. <laughs> <laughs> and this time it's Damon Wayans and Sean William Scott. Yeah, dude. And Sean is
1: fucking amazing, That's too. so cool. I it's, didn't get to work with Damon a whole lot, but he was always a sweetheart. But Sean was just like literally the nicest guy you can you can imagine. Yeah, and you and Maggie
0: Lawson were a couple.
1: Yeah. And so you got to
0: do that. And again,
1: it's like... Couple episodes recurring.
0: Yeah, so you got like five episodes of right. that. Yeah. So you get to still explore finding your own show, which yep. you have. So 2019 is a big year for you. You've got Patty's Auto. Got Patty's Auto doing next, and then a movie coming out. Like you said, I got to hang out with the cast. Shookum Hills. Yeah, directed, directed by, by Brad, Brad Parker. Brad who directed Parker. Chernobyl Diaries. Chernobyl. Exactly. Uh, you brought your cast. Tell us about the cast of that. movie. Dude,
1: they're they're awesome. You know, uh, Zach Avery, Aiden Canto, Alicia Sanz, Chana Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're just wonderful we shot this film in in louisville kentucky yeah middle of nowhere. Right? like the fucking boon docks dude <laughs> right. we were like in a days in it was like out there like the closest movie theater was 30 miles away wow. the closest liquor store was 30 miles away it was in a dry <laughs> county right so uh, to... i remember like yeah. the, the set was one exit away we all had rental cars and it was one exit away and i was driving home super late from work at night and i missed the exit The next exit was 15 miles away. The next freeway exit. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Just get me. Oh, I know. I I had to drive an extra 30 miles to get back home. I saw a video
0: when we were with the cast of you doing your own stunts where you're just being dragged across the ground into a sinkhole. Yeah. Why would you do your own stunts?
1: kind of like doing that stuff, man. I know, but... Yeah, got to protect the, the got to protect the money maker.
0: <laughs> yeah, the money maker. Uh, what's that movie about, Shookum Hill?
1: So Shookum Hill is about this group of scientists that uh, they go to evaluate this uh, town called Shookum Hills where like a thousand people disappeared overnight. Mm. Uh, and there's like these sinkholes they want to explore and uh, they think that might have something to do with it. And uh, then
0: things are in the sinkholes. And, uh, horror ensues. Yes. Uh, so that will hopefully come out this year. Um, so you have a big year coming up. Yeah, man. It's going to be a good I'm, one. I'm very excited for you. Thanks, Patty's man. Auto, perfect timing. I know, right? That brings us to now. Okay, so the last thing we do here at On The List is called the mystery question, where the guest from my last podcast leaves a question in an envelope for my next guest. Even I don't know what it says. All right. I'm going to leave one for my next guest. But first, before you open it, the guest on my last podcast was my friend Charlie Wachtel, who just won the Oscar for Best Adapted Screenplay for Black Klansman. He's from my hometown. So yeah. Aaron Hughes hometown in New Jersey. I encouraged him to move to L.A. Ten years later, he won an Oscar. There it is. There it is. All comes back to me. All right. No, but uh, Charlie wrote a question, sealed an envelope, open it, and then you'll leave a
1: mystery question for my next guest, whoever that may be. <laughs> uh, who is your celebrity crush?
0: Oh, that's cute. Uh,
1: <laughs> who is my celebrity crush? Uh, besides Melissa. Besides Melissa. I've always had a thing for Emma Watson. Oh, Emma Watson. Yeah. Hermione. Yeah. Are you a
0: Harry Potter fan?
1: Uh, Not like, I don't obsess over her, but she's always been like a cutie to me. Cutie. I think she's also like, very well spoken and yeah. smart yeah Yeah. I like Emma Watson you guys have to act Tessa together. Thompson's kind of hot too oh, Tessa Thompson yeah that's she's perfect hot. so for the casting directors out there if you guys ever need uh, someone to play Emma Watson's love interest yep. you know where to look exactly
0: perfect yeah so that is a wrap on episode 51 thank you so much man you did it thank yeah. you Jonathan Sadowski for having me over your house always welcome that worked out great uh, if you haven't seen Young and Hungry binge all five seasons on Netflix if you have seen it Watch it again. Why not? And Patty's Auto will be coming out soon, hopefully. You and I hopefully work together. I think it's inevitable.
1: I, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. We talk about 100%. it all the
0: time. Whether it's a movie or a TV show, it would be a lot of fun. But for now, thank you again for doing this. My pleasure, buddy. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And I will talk to you next time.
1: Bye. Wait for Hollywood.